I might cry, I might not. I ended up sobbing at the kitchen sink doing dishes because I realized I had to let go. That is very hard to do, to let go of what you want because you're choosing yourself because you're worth it. Don't waver on that because you actually are worth it. And that's not a conceited thing to say. And this is self-love too. Letting go of what you truly want. When it's right there, almost ready at the door. Hi, and welcome to the Clay Soul Podcast. I'm Christian Dev Nicole, the host, and I'm so grateful that you are here listening. Today, you and I will unpack the beliefs that have held us back from being who we are designed to be and from creating the life we love. Together, we'll dismantle doubt, hold space for healing, and practice self-love in real, tangible ways. Grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and get ready to manifest the life you're meant to live. Welcome to the Clay Soul Podcast. I am glad you're here. It's been quite <laughs> quite a time the last couple of days. Um, first things first, if you're watching on YouTube, I just want to assure you that I do wear different clothes than this. <laughs> I'm not sure if I wore this in the last episode or not. So I might be repeating my outfit quite a bit on accident. It's just how time unfolded and how I decided to wear this shirt. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I do love Chicago. I appreciate Chicago big time. Shout out if you are from Chicago. What's up? Excited you're here. Let's move on, though, <laughs> to the point of this episode. This episode, I'm going to give a very short and honestly, slightly unnecessary trigger warning. So if you have not seen any of my other episodes or listen to any of my other episodes and you're not used to this, there is a chance I might cry. <laughs> and I say that because I've been crying a lot the last 24 hours. Um, but yeah, just a heads up, I'm, I'm probably going to cry. Uh, and I just want you to know if you feel uncomfortable about that, like keep it rolling. Just don't look. Okay. <laughs> That's the best I can say. All right. But I promise I won't be like sobbing. We'll get through it together. Okay. It's, I'm not going to just like check out and just start bawling. Professionalism. Anyway, nice to meet you. Nice to speak with you. I'm so happy you're here. Um, this is being recorded in mid-September, shortly before the Virgo new moon. We are going to cover something that I mentioned before. We did an episode on this topic before, not that long ago. Ooh, it's 111. 1-1-1 p.m. I usually do affirmations, but I will keep that to myself this time. We'll just say we're grateful for our lives. Um, but I did an episode not too long ago about this 
specific topic. And I said we might come back and return to this topic simply because the last time we discussed it, we really just talked about the subjective heart of the matter and we didn't talk more practically um, because at the time it just wasn't like the time to share practical steps. I'm going to be honest. I was reflecting a lot, but I hadn't fully processed all the steps that I've gone through. And I feel like I finally hit a point to where I have figured out like an action plan. I figured out the steps and I've really come to understand it better. But if you have not listened to that episode, I do encourage you to go listen to it. If you really want to, you can pause this one and go listen to it. Circling back to self-love, we'll call it part one. Um, But if not, you can just listen to it after this one. They still work together, even out of order. Um, But first, I just want to talk about self-love and why it's necessary. Because I do think some people don't think it's necessary. And I know part of that is ideology, because I definitely grew up in spaces where self-love was a gray matter type of conversation a lot of people really didn't like it or a lot of people did um and i won't harp on it too much but if you're new i grew up christian and so i'm specifically referring to christian circles in that there are some people that see self-love as a problem and so i understand that some people disagree with it Um, When I grew up as a Christian, self-love wasn't really a problem for me. It just wasn't something I focused on. And it wasn't really until I actually started healing that I did. And ironically enough, when I was mainly doing poetry as my career and being a poetry coach, I actually had one of my quotes put into a journal. Um, Man, I wish I could remember the company right now. Um, but I'll show y'all later or I'll tag it below or I'll put the picture on the screen for all those watching. But I actually had a quote in a journal, a self-love journal, um, by a well-known company. It's not Golden Coil. Oh, I can't remember who it is, but I actually still have, I have two copies. I have the original that they sent me and then they did like a new version for Valentine's Day not that long ago. So they sent me another one. So I have two. It's just ironic because when that happened, I was just starting to actually kind of love myself back then. And even then, like I had no idea where I would be in a couple of years. Um, But I distinctly remember two years ago when I got it and I was finishing up my chapter on Instagram as a Christian influencer slash Instagrammer, whatever you want to call me. Um, And I remember people commenting on there saying like, how self-love is dangerous and different things, even though I was honestly just celebrating the fact that I was in a journal, you know, without, I'd never asked to be in it. They just invited me and that was an exciting thing to happen. (laughs) But I understand that like some people don't appreciate self-love. Some people don't see it as a gift. I even had a um, man comment on one of my videos on TikTok a few weeks ago, like two weeks ago now. And I was talking in response to someone about self-love and how self-love is so powerful. And he commented and said, like, I don't see a point in it because every time you love yourself, other people get down on you. 
and it's just it's sad I, I of course i responded and i said you know like if if that's an obstacle for you then you aren't loving yourself and i and i encouraged him to go ahead and try practicing self-love i know and we'll talk a little later about this but i know self-love is not a big thing amongst men as it is for women or we'll say more masculine energy as a queer woman i definitely see gender a little more related to energy and of course a spiritual woman i see gender as more related to energy and the energies that you embody um and i won't go into that because that's a whole nother political conversation we will not cover right now but um so i believe the more masculine energies and masculine types of people tend to not know what to do about self-love because they're not really in a position where self-love is like a normalized part of life it's not a normalized part of the community and it's sad to say but whenever i see not even just masculine people but people in general not embrace self-love it actually is very disappointing for me because it is actually necessary it is necessary for love i mean if we really want to go back to the bible and say you know you love your neighbor as yourself if you don't love yourself you're not loving your neighbor point blank and you could try to argue with that but like if we're interpreting the bible literally as many of y'all do you are literally not loving your neighbor by not practicing self-love If we think about the golden rule, treating people how we want to be treated, well, if you're not treating yourself how you want to be treated, then how are you going to treat everybody else how you want to be treated? Self-love is a necessity in order to love others well. It doesn't mean that you can't love. It just means like the love that you give is probably not as genuine or pure. And I'm not trying to diss on anybody. I'm just saying the truth. Like, that's just how it is. If you don't love yourself and you're trying to love other people, very likely it could be codependency. Very likely it could be manipulative. It might not even be on purpose. You know, a lot of us, especially us former people pleasers, are able to now recognize how our people pleasing was trying to keep people from not liking us and so it was a control mechanism whether we want to admit it or whether it was like intentional or not people pleasing is a mechanism of control and it's really difficult to truly love yourself and then still treat people in these crazy ways it really is And, you know, I look back at my life this year because this year is when my self-love was really solidified. It's not that I didn't, like, try it or practice it before, but I really feel like this year was the year where it's like, no, Christian, you need to do this. You have no other choice. This is how you're going to level up. This is is how you're going to move forward in life. So you need to practice self-love. You need to do it now in order to get to where you got to be next year. And so I, I can say from my own literal experiences, more recent experiences, and of course my older experiences, that self-love is a necessity in order to love people well because there are people that I did not get along with 
at all. Like I'm talking like relatives and um, people like that where I did not get along with them. And because of the power of self-love in me and because of the healing work that I've done, because of the shadow work that I've done, the meditating and all those things, practicing astrology and human design in a way that optimizes my energy and loves on me, I've been able to now have so much more camaraderie with them. And that doesn't mean I never get angry. It just means like there is nothing, literally nothing, bitter being held on to. I might get upset and it's over. You know, I let it go. Whereas before, before I practiced self-love, I was hardened. My heart was hardened. And so they could do good things. They could do awful things. And it didn't matter because the basis for how I saw them, the basis for how I respected them, all of these details were caught up in bitterness. And it was both bitterness for them and bitterness for myself. Because the system in which my life ran on wasn't healthy. It wasn't wholesome. It was full of a lot of flaws and issues. And it was easy to be critical. It was easy to be disappointed in people. It was easy to allow my anger to be an issue. Even just like I get comments. (laughs) I get comments on posts these days that like if I got that comment, I don't know four or five years ago at the height of my Instagram um, account, I had up to, I, I hit about 15 and a half thousand on Instagram. And, but before then I was at like nine and I just had like a really viral moment at one point. Um, but if I had gotten comments back then that I get now that are not so great, I would have taken it so personally and I would have been so frustrated. I would have maybe argued with them longer than I needed to, and I would have taken it to heart in ways I did not need to. And now I get comments where, like, I was not even talking real serious. Like, it might be, like, I just made a side comment about something, and someone thought, like, it was the worst thing ever that I said. And honestly, I was just being sarcastic. (laughs) But they'll, like, pop back and say, like, really just, like, condescending passive aggressive or truly aggressive things and I'm to the point now where like I'll read that and I'll be like I don't know why you had to be negative but I don't say it to them I just move on (laughs) I leave their comment there you know like I move on because you're the one in that negative flow not me and I'm not gonna let you bring me into that why because I love myself enough to keep my peace intact I love myself enough to keep my joy intact. And I also love myself to know that just because you want to misinterpret and misconstrue my words doesn't mean that's what I said. And I don't have to stoop to your level to prove myself whatsoever. And I just move on. That's happened more often than not actually the last (laughs) couple of months I noticed. And I, I am actually proud at myself and with myself for not always engaging like I used to. I used to Even if I didn't say anything, I used to be so bothered, like so bothered by some of the things people would say. I would always feel like I had to make sure I was never misrepresented. And the truth is, is like people are going to misrepresent you all the time. There's no way you can always avoid that. There's no way you can always correct it. Just like you got to learn to have peace in yourself. And a lot of that comes from self-love. Now, self-love, I do feel like 
sometimes people only see it from a surface level perspective, kind of like with self-care. And so they think of it as, you know, making sure you give yourself like a relaxing bath every now and then, or you take a nap, or you take yourself out to like your favorite place, your favorite restaurant or whatever. And while those things do matter, and they are nice, like, yes, self-love can be surface level like that. It can be literally just taking yourself out to eat. It sounds very simple and simplistic, like almost like, okay, whatever. Like it sounds like it takes the value out of self-love. But those things have validity to them. They do matter. They are a big part of it. They're not the only part of self-love, but they are a big part of it. And honestly, when I started this journey two or three years ago, a lot of it did start with that. And I know I've mentioned this before in another couple of episodes about how like I, it all started when I started to set up an hour. I used to call it mama time because I'm a young mom. And back then I had a like three-year-old and a newborn. So I used to call it mama time because I stayed home with them and I would get like an hour and it started with once a week (laughs) one hour to myself a week like it started that low and I needed it though like I needed to take myself to buy a four dollar Dole Whip at Hawaiian Bros you know (laughs) not sponsored I'm just saying they're real good and I have IBS so having the dessert out that I don't have to worry about is nice you know and I, I took myself, some days I literally just parked somewhere safe and I took a nap with the doors locked, but I took a nap, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> some days I went thrifting or I went to a bookstore, like some days I worked on vlogs when I was in my YouTube vlogger era. <laughs> but like sometimes it is that simple. Sometimes it is that simple of having a skincare routine every night. Skincare was very therapeutic for me in the beginning and it still is. But like I realized probably about a year and a half ago that the reason it's so therapeutic is because I am physically caring for myself in a way where I don't have to think, but I'm like showing myself I care for my body. I care for my appearance. I care for, you know, not in this like superficial way, but like just saying like I take care of myself. I take care of myself. I take care of how I look. At the end of the day, no matter how hard my day was, I would do my routine, whether I had four items or five, or I don't think I ever had 10, but you know, like I did my routine and I took care of myself in this very simplistic way that still matters and still has value. And so I do want to encourage you, like don't dismiss those simple modes of self-love especially if you're just starting out, those things matter big time. And it doesn't mean you do it every single, well, you know, skincare, you got to do it every day. But it doesn't mean like you treat yourself every single day. If that's how you have to do it, like, I guess you can. But um, it, it, it loses its value if you make it happen too often. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to point that out before you get too crazy. <laughs> that you do need to like take your pace, you know, and make sure it it stays special. Um, Because if it doesn't stay special, then that defeats the purpose. But having these very simple modes of self-love matter so much to us because 
These are the little things that we tend to neglect when we don't love ourselves enough. I don't know if you've ever been um, depressed or whether it's functioning depression or non-functioning depression. Um, I have experienced anxiety depression cycles and I can tell you the times when I had the most anxiety in my life and the most depression in my life the most cycles of that I also did not take care of my body well I did not take care of my appearance well and I look back at like pictures and stuff and I and I I think back to like I used to kind of just see it as oh I don't care how I look I'm not superficial but then I look back at it and I'm like no girl you didn't like yourself you didn't like yourself it wasn't a I'm not superficial it was I don't like myself subliminal thought you know and and that's the truth sometimes is sometimes when we get caught up in these cycles that like drag us down we kind of mask those ideas with this like badge of honor when what's really going on is we are too afraid to care for ourselves because there's so much going on and we don't feel like we're worth that time. We don't feel like we're worth that effort. We don't feel like we're worthy of spending that money on us. I actually saw, who was that that said that? Haley Comet was talking about how when she first started to love herself, she had bought this like really nice like facial serum or something to put on her face. And she was with somebody at the time that like, I guess that person triggered her and so she had this thought in her head of like the amount of money I spent on that serum is way too much for me to be crying and upset about what you're doing <laughs> and when she said that I was like that is so 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 true when you start to care about yourself and take care of yourself and put in that effort and that money a lot of times and that time really and you re you recognize that you are an investment worth keeping and making you start to realize like i don't need to put up with the stuff i put up with <laughs> i don't need to let things affect my emotions like that like i am worth too much i spent blah 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 on this there are things that like if i didn't take the time to buy new clothes or or try new things or do new things with my hair if I didn't do things that made me feel beautiful before I truly believed it I probably wouldn't have gotten as far with believing it now I'm to the point where like I cannot have makeup on I cannot look my cutest or whatever and literally like I'll watch myself start to record a TikTok or whatever and I'll be like I am so beautiful <laughs> because I rewired my brain for that. But it started with those more mundane things of just investing in myself on a like more, I guess you can call it materialistic way, but like just in a less mental way. But I do want you to understand that that's not the only part of self-love and the mental and emotional parts are integral like they're so vital it's not even funny if you try to skip over the inner work you won't get to self-love you'll just get to the point where you are maintaining a status quo of paying for things to make you feel good you need to do the inner work 
And this goes back to what I was saying before about gender. It's scary to me as I just like sitting back and observing. I'm a huge observer. Like (laughs) I'm one of those people like you might not know it, but I'm literally watching how things are unfolding in the world at large. Um, I'm paying attention and I'm just, I might not talk about everything, but I am paying attention. And there are some things that I've really noticed specifically with the whole gender wars and the space of gender right now is women are on a healing path. A lot of us are. And yes, I understand there's a male epidemic of loneliness right now, but I do think a lot of that is necessary because I believe men and masculine energies need to be healing too. And I don't think they're healing right now as much as they could be. There are, of course, there are men out there that do. I follow quite a bit of them on TikTok. Like I have a good balance of genders on my TikTok account and different types of ethnicities and all these things because that's just the type of person I am. But, you know, I don't see healing as a solely female thing or a solely feminine thing. Healing is a human thing. It's a humanity thing because we all experience traumas and we all hurt and we all go through pains. And I don't think it should be limited, but I know for a long time it's been limited to women and feminine types. And it doesn't need to be. And I think it's gotten to the point with the way society is pivoting and with the way women are like, literally we're standing our ground in the fact that like, we don't need to get married. (laughs) We don't need to be dating. Like we're standing our ground in that, like we don't need to do that. We are safe and secure without attaching ourselves to the male species just for the sake of it. You know what I mean? And I'm glad that we're doing that because it's kind of forcing the male hand towards healing. Because if y'all don't have women to lean on to kind of mask your pains, or if you're not relying on us to heal your pains, then y'all are able to really see where you do need to heal. And, and do it in a way that's unique to you. And that goes back to my Barbie episode in that I really believe men are starting to go on that journey where they're starting to see that like, I don't need a woman or I don't need a partner, whether it's male or female, to give me security in my manhood. I can just be a man. And it doesn't have to be related to the societal stance of manhood. Because the societal stance of manhood, one, differs per country and religion. But then two, it stereotypes them in a space where they can't really embody who they actually are. And I know it's pissing off a lot of the older generations, but our generation, and I say our as in millennials and Gen Zers, because I am technically both, I'm a zillennial. Our generations are literally designed to disrupt that. Like if we look at it from an astrology standpoint, we are all designed to disrupt spirituality and identity right now. That is literally what we are designed to do based on where our Uranus and Neptunes are placed generationally. We're designed to disrupt the status quo. And I know it's pissing off the older generations, but it's necessary because y'all have been living with these ideals 
that don't really benefit you in the long run. I mean, just look at, you know, retirement or the American dream. Like, how long did that last? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> a few decades, and then it just, it, you know, it stopped. And y'all think it's stopping now, but that mess ended decades ago. They were just covering it up, okay? <laughs> they didn't want everybody else to know, but that mess ended. The American dream ended decades ago. And it's just not really like setting in for people. And such is the same case for gender and gender identity. And I, right now I'm not necessarily talking about changing your, your gender identity. Um, I am pro-trans, but I'm just letting you know that that's not the topic I'm specifically referring to. I am specifically talking about just what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman. And no, I'm not talking about Matt Walsh. Oh my gosh, don't get me started. I'm sorry if that was too loud. I'm so sorry. <laughs> don't get me started on Matt Walsh. I'm not a fan of that, um, but I am just saying manhood and womanhood, it's, it's, it's being redefined. It's not being canceled. And I think some people are afraid that manhood and womanhood will be canceled when it's not being canceled. It literally can't be. It's just a matter of what does it actually mean? And not in these arbitrary ways like blue and pink and cars and dolls. Like it needs to be more intricate than just I have this thing between my legs and I don't because like if that's the case then a lot of things can be different you know if we're talking just concretely like that like something that specific then that takes away so many other things that takes away so many other things but I digress I, that's a rabbit hole I don't need to touch right now <laughs> or maybe ever on this podcast um, but essentially I think Self-love is something that all genders need, especially men right now, especially masculine types right now. Y'all need it. And I really am concerned because I think y'all don't understand the necessity of shadow work, meditation, um, doing these practices that y'all like to say are woo-woo or girly or may make you gay when like, no. These are real therapeutic practices. These are things that monks have done for thousands of years. These are things that Eastern societies have no problem with. It's the westernized culture in like Europe and America and you know other cultures on this side of the continent, uh, continent other cultures on this side of the globe that attribute these things in such stupid ways. But meditating, shadow work, none of that stuff is wrong. Can someone apply it incorrectly? Maybe. Or if someone's applying it in a way that you don't necessarily like, maybe that's just how they're doing it and it has nothing to do with you. But shadow work, meditating, counseling, therapy, coaching, life coaching and holistic coaching, mindful eating, you know, joyful movement, not always lifting at the gym. I think a lot of men lift at the gym and I, I, okay, that's good if you like it and all that stuff. But like, just because you're up in the gym all the time doesn't mean you're taking care of your body. It doesn't mean you're embodying holistic health. 
and that also goes for women too, but it's not the same. And I, I definitely see it more on the men's side from what I've seen, oh my gosh, both on Instagram and on dating apps and different things. Like it's a very male dominant ideology, but it's strange to me because just because you go to the gym all the time doesn't mean you're taking care of your body. It just means you go to the gym all the time. And that is a word for my nutrition coach side of me. (laughs) But as a nutrition coach, all I can say real quick is that just because you work out or follow a diet doesn't mean you're healthy. And there are a lot of people, I've seen it within family, (laughs) extended family, that impose these diets on other people and impose diets on themselves in this mindset of like that that's gonna fix something, almost like being larger is a fear. That's not healthy. And my honest nutrition coach position that I will always say to anybody, no matter who it is, no matter what you're going through, you could have IBS like me, I don't know, it could be anything. First step is always to keep a food journal. And I don't mean for three days. I mean, do it for a month before you make changes. And I'll leave that at that. But in general, I just think self-love is not something people really understand when it comes to the emotional and intellectual aspects. And so they mask it with these things that are not self-love, but seem like self-love, like working out a lot, trying to lose weight. Oh, that's one I don't like. I don't weigh myself and I haven't weighed myself in years. And I'm grateful. (laughs) I could not care less. Sometimes people masquerade self-love by like being alone. I actually made a TikTok on that a couple weeks ago too. Like I think some people are single and avoiding people because they're avoiding being loved the way they want because they're not used to being loved the way they want and also because they're afraid it's going to take too long to find it. But there's nothing wrong with waiting. You're already waiting now. You're just waiting in isolation instead of trying. But I think people mask singlehood in this weird, like, I'm loving myself by staying single for five years. No, not necessarily. And it isn't as easy to practice self-love within a relationship, but it is possible and it is a thing people can do. You do not have to break up to practice it. It just means it's going to take more work and more time and more boundaries and all of those things. It is obviously easier to practice self-love single because you only have to give energy really to yourself in that case. But it's not impossible to practice self-love within relationship. Now, how does that look? I kind of mentioned a couple of things here. And then, of course, I mentioned them before in other episodes, but like, really truly digging into self-love oh my gosh it starts with well i guess we'll split it into two main veins and then we can have like a bonus one at the end the first vein and these go actually they go in tandem but the one you mainly want to start with is clearing out the pain the negativity the trauma and you best do that 
through the counseling, through the shadow work, through the like confronting it. Now we already talked about shadow work. So you know that that is not some weird thing. Hopefully, you know, that is so important. Confronting all of the pain that you have, confronting it and facing it. Those difficult emotions, those difficult feelings that you've been avoiding this whole time confronting them is that is a huge step in self-love that cannot be ignored if you are finding yourself um, being critical all the time or nitpicky all the time or anxious or like if people say you're that way even if you don't think you are but someone else says you're that way like I've had people say that about me so like this is no shade or anything I'm just saying if you've had those things you probably need to address some repressed anger and bitterness, and of course, even shame. Shame is a big thing that I think people avoid. And we've talked about that before too, about how like shame can be helpful in a very small dose, but it's not something you're supposed to be holding on to. You know, sometimes you should be ashamed if you did something that deserves it. But again, in an instant, and then it's over. It's not to be dwelled upon, it's not to be harbored. You just, you process, right? And as someone with emotional authority in my human design type, I am a firm believer that feelings need to just be felt and processed. No, no matter what your type is, no matter what your design is, your feelings need to be processed. There's this, I don't even know what the show is, but there's this clip on TikTok from the show that's been going around in like the more like healing space um, where this guy in the show was telling this woman that... In order for her to address her feelings, she needed to envision them as like a storm that needs to pass through her. And that is the same case for everybody. It doesn't matter how your brain works, you still need to process your feelings. Because your feelings aren't actually misleading you. They might tell you something you don't want to hear, but your feelings are not misleading you. The problem is you're either reacting to them immediately or you're bearing them down instead of listening because you decided one day in your brain that your feelings don't matter or that they're lying to you. Your feelings are not lying to you. They're connected to your intuition. The problem is, is because you don't process them and confront them, you don't heal. And so then you don't love yourself. But if you allow these things to happen, if you do the shadow work and you confront these things, then you can heal because you're not harboring all that negative energy in you. Sometimes I think people think that they're healed because they don't feel angry anymore or they don't feel sad anymore. But the truth is, is it'll come up if you haven't healed it. You might seemingly be a forgiving person. You just forgive everybody and you seem kind and all these things, but you still might have issues with harbored pain and anger and frustration. It just comes out in different ways at different times. And you cannot really practice self-love and therefore love others well if you're harboring those negative feelings. Now, the second vein that is crucial and self-love in the inner work is this sense of rewiring your brain for, I guess we'll say, abundance and peace. 
Now, I want to cover the abundance mindset thing in its own episode, and I kind of mentioned that the last time I recorded, that that was actually planned to be recorded, and I just haven't gotten to it yet. But you want to rewire yourself, rewire your brain, because actually, believe it or not, most of the thoughts you have are the same thoughts you've always had over and over, just regurgitating. And a lot of your subliminal thoughts are the same thoughts you've had over and over. They just keep coming back up and coming back up. And you're not really thinking a lot of new things most of the time. That's just how our brains work. Um, It's not like you're defective or anything. It's just how the human mind works, the human brain works, is it just resurfaces the same thoughts over and over. And um, I will say Kobe Campbell, it's spelled like Kobe, like Kobe Bryant, but Kobe Campbell has a podcast called the healing circle podcast i listened to this two and a half years ago um but she has a podcast and she did this episode with her husband kyle campbell and it was about um limiting beliefs i'm pretty sure is what it's called if i can figure out what it's actually called i'll link it below but it was talking about those automatic negative thoughts and this is so true in that we all have these And they need to be rewired in order for us to move forward. You can't love yourself if you still have all these negative thoughts in your head coming back up about like, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not great enough. My life doesn't matter. I I shouldn't be here. People would be happier if I'm not here. Like you might not consciously even think those things, but subconsciously you think those things. And even just now saying them felt so awful and foreign to me and so heaven and so heavy because I am so used to wiring my brain for peace and for joy and for optimism. But it's because I had to practice it. And you have to do the same and not for a day and not for a week. It takes time and it does feel foreign at first. Sometimes you want to just like, you'll hear yourself thinking it or saying it and you'll be like, It's not really true though, but you need to do it anyway. And you need to believe it anyway. And it sounds so crazy. I know because I used to be the type of person that's like, I'm not gonna say something if I don't feel like it's true. But there are some things that I think might actually be true, but our hearts are so conditioned to listen to the negativity that we don't think it's true. Like me being beautiful. I've always been beautiful because I've always had this face. <laughs> Just being honest, I know that comes off as cocky because for some pre- for some people, they don't feel comfort in their, their appearance. And I get that that sounds cocky to you, but that's not cocky for me because I've always had this face. And if I believe I'm beautiful now, then I've probably always been beautiful. It was literally just a matter of me aligning my heart to that truth. Sometimes we forget and we believe a lie. And this is the case for a lot of things, not just appearance, but rewiring your brain is, it's not like a, it's not like the silly thing. Like it's, it's very impactful to the point now where like, if I'm operating in what I used to call like my best day, for me, that's like 50%, like, (laughs) I'm so used to operating in this confident, like, walk into a room. I can tell you, I know I look beautiful. I know I'm worthy. I know what I deserve. 
I can just say that out loud at any given moment of time at this point in my life. I was not like that before. But it was because I put in the work and I practiced having an abundance mindset. I rewired my mind to think the best is always happening for me. I rewired my mind to believe the best about myself. And I also did the work to acquainting myself with why I matter, why I'm special, why I'm uniquely powerful, as we talked about before. I rewired myself to believe those things because I also understood them. And that's why, like, when I talk about astrology or, or human design chart readings or just anything, really, I never approach it from this, I have all these bad things or the planets are, are cursing me or whatever. I had someone actually tell me that they thought the planets weren't being fair to them based on their birth chart. And I just I sat there and I'm like, they're planets. They are unbiased. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> They're unbiased and what you choose to believe about yourself and how you're made and how you function and why you're here does matter. It matters big time. And I'm able to sit there and read a chart and it doesn't matter who it is. You might have a lot of difficult things. I mean, if you look at my chart, I have a lot of things that were literally perfectly set up for me to go through all the shit I've gone through the last who knows how many years. Perfectly set up. All the pain that I went through this year, perfectly displayed in my chart. But do I sit here and say I was destined to have this shitty life? No. I love my life. My life is beautiful. My life is abundant. My life is an adventure. These are phrases I say to myself all the time. All the time. In my head and out loud sometimes. Um, as I just mentioned earlier, if I see 111 or 1111 on the clock, I'd be saying them affirmations, okay? Like... Because I believe the best, and so my mind is set on goodness. And that helps replace and replenish all the negative, dark, shadowy things that I gutted out through shadow work, through inner healing, through counseling, through journaling, through meditating, rewiring my brain. Replace that. That is something you have to understand about self-love is you can't just add happy thoughts and hope that that fixes everything. And you can't just eliminate negative thoughts and hope that fixes everything. You need to do both parts of the process because as you take away, you need to add. And this goes back to the nutrition thing too, if we really wanna be honest. Um, but you, you, when you take things away, you need to add back. You need to fill it. There's actually even a Bible verse. Uh, my brain is like this constant analogy finder, okay? <laughs> There's actually a Bible verse kind of related. I'm not going to act like this is perfect hermeneutics or exegesis, so don't come at me. I'm telling you straight up, it's not. But there's actually a Bible verse about this, about how like when you kick out, I think if you kick out the thief and you clean the whole house, but they didn't put anything in it. And so seven more came back or something like that. That one I don't know by heart. <laughs> but anyway, the truth is, is you just, you can't do one side or the other. You have to do both. That's why I said it's in tandem. I do believe you have to start though with clearing out the negative stuff. Because if you don't and you try to do the rewiring your brain abundance mindset thing, 
you're not going to believe it and it's not going to work and it's going to turn to toxic positivity and then you're going to get depressed because it's not working (laughs) so definitely start with the other part first now this third bonus part i won't go deep into i think we might talk about it in season two next year in 2024 after you really get into self-love, practicing manifesting to me is a very beautiful step. Now, when I say manifesting, I'm not talking about getting a Benz or a big house. Uh, I know a lot of people post about manifesting in that regard, but that's not what I'm talking about. In my opinion, and maybe this is more closely related to inner work and not manifesting, but I definitely believe you can use manifesting to quantum leap yourself to a better mindset and a better disposition because I've done it myself. Um, With the way you script things or you do the visualization, if you want to do the 369 method, I did that once. I don't absolutely love it, um, but I have done that once or twice. Um, You can manifest yourself into a better mindset. Because that's actually the whole point of manifesting. I know it kind of gets steered to be about these like big cars and stupid shit like that. But it's really about matching your mind and your heart to the frequency of goodness that you are hoping for or desiring. Because law of attraction, you can't really attract what you aren't already, you know? Um, That just, you know, magnets are going to connect when they are supposed to connect. You can't put a rock and a magnet together. It's not going to work. Um, so if you're hardened like a rock, you're not magnetic enough to attract those good things. And so I do believe that you can use manifestation more so on that mental and emotional side to quantum leap yourself out of that pain and into a better mindset and a better um, life that way. And then the money or whatever will flow to you as it should. Your bills will be paid as it should and all those things. You'll be covered is what I'm saying. Um, Because I think a lot of people focus on manifesting these materialistic things. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's just like that is not actually the point. Um, Really the whole point is embodying a higher vibration of you. Because that's actually the real gift. And so using manifestation to do that, I've done it. And I've also received some good things out of it um, because I've done it. But it's not a pursuit of me being rich, honestly. It's not about that for me. It's the fact that like now I step and I walk in life in a way that I'm secure. And so that's like a bonus. You don't actually have to do that if you don't want to, if you don't believe in manifesting or whatever. You don't want to do it, then don't. you don't have to do it. It's just another aspect of this process of self-love that you can try um and i will say it has yielded results for me just being honest (laughs) oh man but moving on we're gonna get to the part that really i might cry i might not um but this is the most important part and that is how self-love can show up in life in ways that are actually really difficult. Because self-love is choosing yourself in your progress 
And so a lot of times you are going to not only let go of the things you thought you want, but you're also going to let go of the things you do actually desire. I've experienced this this year in so many ways. I cannot tell you. It's crazy that it's mid-September as I record this um, because it went so fast and so slow at the same time. So much fucking stuff has happened um, in these nine months. I cannot explain to y'all and I won't explain to y'all because my business. But it's been a lot, as I've mentioned before, of heartbreak, a lot of thinking things were going to work out and then they weren't going to work out and hoping for things that didn't work out. And sometimes I was okay with it. Sometimes I was not. I mean, if we're talking about the very first moment that happened this year in January, that was something that not only was blindsided, um, but it was a deep pain. It was a level of pain I do not wish on anybody because it literally felt like my soul was being sliced in half. I have never felt that much pain in my life. I cried almost nonstop for like two weeks. Uh, nonstop, that's an exaggeration. I would just like cry on the top of the hat, like in an instant. I would be eating and then crying. There are so many times I tried to record vlogs in that time and I could not record a vlog because I would drive in the vlog to a destination, I'd get my food and then i just start crying. And then I record myself dancing and sweeping and then I just start crying like I literally it felt like my soul was sliced in half the pain was excruciating and so in a weird way it did kind of help me better handle a lot of disappointments this year but that wasn't the only time I had a big pain a big heartbreak a big disappointment this year and I had to learn in these times as I've mentioned in the other episodes, the first circling back to self-love episode and the very first podcast episode I released, I've had to realize just how important it is to choose me anyway. It's easy to abandon yourself to chase after somebody else. It's easy to abandon yourself to chase after the things that you want so easy in this society because the way society has created this highlight reel type of lifestyle we tend to think if we don't get that job we wanted or we don't get that person we wanted or we don't get that car we wanted or we don't get to move where we wanted to move i cannot explain to you how many times i've wanted to move out of this city but you know what i mean like if we don't get those things it's almost like it's been attributed to failure you didn't get what you want so you didn't get what you wanted, so you're a failure, is essentially what society says about things. And it's, it's corrupted us because now we abandon ourselves in order to fill things that we are supposed to fill ourselves. Beyonce says it in her song. Uh, I can't remember which one because I'm not going to lie. The whole first five songs of the Renaissance album, I literally listened to as one song. But one of them, she does say like, Looking for what's already inside of me. Looking for the love that's inside of me is what she's talking about. Oh, it's break my soul. <laughs> There's a part. Okay, I'm going to stop. I could go on a rabbit trail about that album. But anyway, um, we do that all the time. <laughs> we look for 
love outside of us all the time when it's right there inside of us. And if we just practice some stillness and inner work and we really get down to the nitty gritty of like why we deserve the life that we live, why we're worthy living in the life that we live, whether we have all of our bills paid, whether we have all the food in our fridge, a lot of us have food in our fridge, we just take it for granted. Whether we have the job we wanted or the person we want in our lives, like we're all already worthy, we're all already valuable, we all matter already. And we all can experience love within us if we will just slow down and see it because it is actually there. Looking for something that lives inside me, she says. Oh my goodness, I could sing it right now, but I'm not gonna sing on this podcast. Uh, I'm a good singer. I just don't want to sing in front of y'all right now. Um, but anyway, that is such a truth that I've had to learn time after time after time after time this year. Oh my gosh. It's literally like every time I got up, it was like, bam, here's another thing. (laughs) Here's another lesson. And yeah, I understand it's my Saturn return, so that's going to happen. It's also, I am healing a lot of my Chiron wound this year um, because it's opposing my Saturn in my chart. But it's just like, literally it's been one of those years where it's like I, I get somewhere and it's like, here's a lesson. Do you love yourself? Here's a lesson. Do you love yourself? Here's a lesson. Do you value yourself? Do you see that you're worthy? Do you see that you matter? Here's a lesson. This is happening. You got to let go and learn to love you and not be running around trying to make everything else work. That's been my year. And so I can tell you for a fact that when you practice self-love, you are going to be confronted with these moments where you need to choose yourself and not abandon yourself to go chase after all these things. You need to stand firm in your choice to choose you because you're worth it. Don't waver on that because you actually are worth it. And that's not a conceited thing to say. Again, if you don't love yourself, you can't really love others well. And so if you don't see your own value, how the hell do you think you're going to see other people's value truly? Not in a pure way. There's going to be some sort of intention there that's not pure, whether you mean to or not. So choosing yourself is an important part, and it it means you're going to not get the things you thought you want, thought you wanted. There's a particular set of things, whether it was jobs that I thought I wanted or career paths that I thought I wanted or people I thought I wanted Um, that I didn't actually really want. It was just the feeling of not getting it. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was the feeling of not getting it. It was the feeling of being devoted myself to those things and people, but not getting it in return. And I had to learn over time that like, you know, friends, loves, jobs, if they're not reciprocating, then I probably don't really want them. I'm just upset that it's not reciprocating. There is a good chance that I just want them to reciprocate, not that I want them to stay or not that I want to do the job. There's a job that I was invited to apply to 
I didn't even know about it. They invited me. And it had great benefits, great pay. It wasn't in the industry I loved, but the position was great. And the way that they had their office set up was, oh my gosh, exceptional. Like I tried to like mentally memorize it so I can prepare for whenever I have my own office. Like everything was outstanding. It just wasn't a job that I actually would have loved to do because I've gotten to the point where I'm kind of tired of doing that sort of job. And it was in an industry I don't really love, if I'm being honest. Um, It's not a shady industry. It's just I don't love it. And I had to just be okay with the fact that I didn't get it. It sounded like I was one of the, like, final two, which kind of was a common thread this year. But I didn't get it. And that's okay because I think at the end of the day, I really kind of just wanted it because it felt satisfying being invited. It was a beautiful setup with very kind people, people that passed the vibe check, you know, as a black queer woman, I got a check, you know, like there were a lot of quality, like you check in boxes, but it was more like I just wanted it because it checked boxes, (laughs) you know, and not because it was actually what I needed to step into. And you might also experience this with someone romantically. Maybe you've been with them for a long time and the love died off. But it's gotten to the point where you're like, uh-uh, I put in all this fucking work. It better work out. But you have to realize that like, it's so much more exhausting trying to continue to put in work into something that already died. And it's totally okay to say like, this relationship's over. <laughs> it's been over, you know? That's totally okay to let that go. That's just life and that's how life is and that's fine. I know people like to make it out to be like, when you commit yourself to someone, it has to be forever. But I think that's toxic in a way because like, realistically, life happens, things change, you process things, you grow, especially if you connected when you were really young. Big chance that you're gonna be different people in several years, like, just let it go. I'm so serious right now, just let it go. There's no point in staying in dead spaces simply for the sake of it. But then let's look at this other stuff that we also have to let go of. And that's the stuff that we actually do want. This is where it gets tough because I just recently, oh, I just recently had to do that. Um, With something that I've wanted for almost a year with a situation, with a dream, with a goal that I've wanted for almost a year. And I was actually getting close to kind of seeing things be realized in that space. It seemed promising. It seems like the timing was right and that I'm going along the path. I personally feel like I'm healed enough and prepared enough for that path. Maybe I have some more blind spots I need to work on that I don't know of, but I personally feel like, yeah, I'm there. But as I reflected and I paid attention to the conditions and I looked at like the things and people involved, I realized that I might be there, but the other things aren't there. And I ended up sobbing at the kitchen sink doing dishes because I realized I had to let go. 
my intuition just sent me this little warm thought because you know your intuition is usually quieter because it's coming from a calm state um so it's not screaming at you and i just had my intuition kind of nudge me and say this is not a standard that you want for yourself and if you're operating in this next level of life that you want to operate in what do you think she would do how do you think she would handle it and then i you know i started bawling because i'm like fuck <laughs> she would say that she needs to choose herself and not the thing that she wants even though she's won it for a year now almost a year you know when this comes out it'll be really close to being a year since um I first started wanting this thing to happen and I had to realize that if I want to be this better version of me, if I want to be this version of me that really vouches for herself and loves herself and sticks to her standards really, sticks to what she knows she deserves and sticks to what she knows she wants to go through. She doesn't want to go through some of the stuff that would happen if she just let her desires come at her whenever. And I discerned that, that she's not going to say yes. She's going to choose herself and she's going to choose to let go of what she wants. What she deeply wants and still wants. I'm not going to lie. I still want it. <laughs> and some part of me wants to, like, I'm a hopeful person. So some part of me wants to just be like, well, let's hope that maybe it'll work out one day. But the more mature part of me is saying, we're not going to let that be a thought right now because we need to stay focused. And that's hard. That is very hard to do, to let go of what you want because you're choosing yourself. But do you know that you're worth it still? Do you know? Do you know that you are still worth that? You're still worth letting go what you truly want in order to be who you truly are supposed to be. You are worth that. And it, it does not feel good. It doesn't feel good. It feels bittersweet. It doesn't feel awful. But it feels bittersweet because a part of you is at peace because it knows it made the right choice in picking you. But another part of you is dying because it knew without a doubt that that was everything that you have been asking for. And this is self-love too. Letting go of what you truly want when it's right there, almost ready at the door and saying I can accept how it's showing up right now 
because I do want better than how it's showing up right now. And so I'm going to take that mature route. I'm going to take that more difficult route. And I'm not going to answer the door. You can knock, but I'm not going to answer right now because this person or this situation or this dream, it looks nice, but it's not truly what I need. Not right now. It's not ready yet. It needs time to bake. It needs time to cook. Sometimes our desires come and it's just not time. Sometimes you can tell the timer is going to go off in a second. And you still have to choose to wait. Because there is no rush, really. If it's really for you, it will still be there when it's actually ready. But sometimes you have to let it go, not knowing if it will actually ever be ready. Because life is not exactly like a a meal or a, a cake. There isn't always a guarantee that it will be ready and done. There isn't always a guarantee that that person will be the way that your standards want them to be. There is no guarantee that that job or that place you move to is ever going to be what you wanted it to be. But are you still willing to choose yourself and choose to love yourself in this capacity that you say, I'm not going to accept this desire because it's not fully ripe. That is self-love. And it is not easy, but it is so worth it because that's when you really know that you truly care for yourself. When you can see what you've always wanted on the horizon and say, and I need to let it go. With no guarantee that it will ever come back to you. That's courage. That's confidence. And that's self-security. That is self-love. It never would have happened if I didn't do any of that other stuff. I'm going to be totally honest with you. If I didn't do the mundane, materialistic things, if I didn't do the inner work, I never would have gone through this thing the last few days of realizing that I got to let what I love go. I never would have been able to let go of a dream. A dream I still want to choose myself if I didn't do all those other steps. So please believe me when I say you do need to do all the other steps. And the proof that you truly love yourself will make itself evident in how you choose and why you choose what you choose. Because ultimately loving yourself is about finding firm footing. It's not about trying to hook yourself to other people. It's not trying about it's not about trying to like 
hang vicariously. I felt, honestly, I felt like a lot of my life has been me holding on to these like monkey bars or like a ladder, a hang, like a hanging ladder. Like, I guess if we're talking about outside or whatever, and I'm finally landing on my two feet. And that's truly what self-love is actually about. Landing on your two feet. For yourself. Not trying to plant yourself with other people all the time. But being grounded and stable within yourself. And you will know that you actually love yourself when you choose to remain grounded. Doesn't mean you will never be in love again. Doesn't mean you will never find the person you want to be with. Doesn't mean you will never get that job that you've aspired for or have a fulfilling career. It never means that you, it doesn't mean you'll never live in that dream space or whatever. Life knows what you're supposed to receive. Simply find security and trust yourself and trust that the best is happening for you. And you will receive what you need, even if it's not what you thought you wanted. Every time. Every time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Before you move on to the next one, I just want to encourage you to share this with a friend that you believe needs to hear this word. Feel free to also answer the Q&A and poll questions here on Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe and follow on YouTube, TikTok, Apple, or Spotify. Thanks again, and I hope you have an incredible rest of your day.